Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Everyone, to another week and another great episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. I want to thank all of you loyal listeners for listening in every week. And for our new listeners, I want to welcome you to the family. Uh, This is, quite frankly, probably one of my favorite episodes each month or every six weeks, however often we get to do them. I'd like to do them a little bit more. But it's called Ask T-Bone, where we answer common questions that we see being asked often or specific questions that are submitted to us. And this week, we're going to be talking about... uh, fixed hybrids, and some common questions there. But as always, before we get into this week's episode, let's hear from our core and only sponsor, Meredith. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I have a few things today before we get started on this week's special episode. All of our episodes are special, but today's extra special. Um, We have a, a review. So if you have not left us a review wherever you listen, preferably Apple or Whatever. I think you can leave them now on Spotify and other places. Um, this is from Drew Williamson. He's a student, and he said, Hello, I'm a dental student in St. Louis in my last year and picked up listening to the podcast last October. Listening to this podcast is a great way to get real-life perspective about practicing and doing what you want to do post-dental school. As we all know, schools typically don't teach much business ideology while in school, and this is a great way to open students' eyes to what to expect following graduation and starting to practice. I wish I would have listened sooner. That is so nice. I mean, the good news is they're all recorded. (laughs) (laughs) You can go back and listen. Yeah, I mean, you could have like a... We should have a Netflix. Are you still watching? Are you still listening? (laughs) If we could get like a Netflix weekend of the T-Bone Speaks podcast, that would be so egotistically awesome. Well, him talking about the business side and what they don't teach you in dental school, I think um, I just want to remind everyone that we do have a um, boot camp for case acceptance, bring your team, stay at the retreat, a great weekend filled with lots of things, breakout sessions. Um, You know, we typically recommend one person from the front, one person from the back, someone from the hygiene department. Um, It's just a great... And yeah, a team. Yeah, yeah, you can't come without the dentist. Um, It's just a great team bonding and way to grow your practice, I think. Uh, We have that coming up. We'll release the dates pretty soon. But please reach out to me if you're interested. You can call me at 855 
832-2285 or Meredith at 3D-Dentist.com. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm excited about the boot camp. I think, uh, I think it'll be one of our more impactful programs mm -hmm. because, um, <clears throat> you know, we've done the one-day case acceptances in the past. Yeah. But this one will go into hands-on. A little bit more in-depth. And it'll go into breakouts with uh, our, our front office team member, our back office team members. So that way they can kind of work with our team. And then uh, what we'll also be doing is ad adding in uh, an advanced section where we talk more about uh, segmenting and sequencing and dealing with more complex cases as well. Yeah. Well, the real question is, since it's a boot camp, if you're going to lead a workout boot camp in I, the morning. I, I bought 12 yoga mats. You did. So. And I put them away. <laughs> So, so that's your fault, not mine. And I said, we are not messing with these right now. I'm saving them for the boot camp for you to teach the workout. We'll do it in the backyard over the gumballs. Okay. Yeah. So they'll be gone by then. May Sounds will they? good. Yeah. Summer? Well, they'll be gone. I don't know. I don't know. That's a fall thing. They fall okay. in the fall. Yeah. Well, it's a spring right now. All right. So. Well, let's get into... That's uh, because I haven't been cleaned up. Let's get into today's <laughs> episode. So... Uh, typically with the Ask T-Bone episodes, you guys submit questions pretty regularly, and then we go through um, and see what's interesting, what people ask most frequently. However, we posted on Instagram a few weeks ago, um, you doing a, a surgery, and mm -hmm. we posted a few live things of it, doing an all-on-X type surgery, and there was a lot of questions. Um, people were interested but hesitant, okay. so we gathered... Michelle and I gathered a few questions. It wasn't me because I was busy we, working. Yeah, that we thought were interesting um, that maybe you could answer for the peoples and help. My subjects? Yeah. God, can I wear um, a crown now? Yeah. So let's get started. Okay. Our first um, question was, you know, you look like you've been doing this forever. So mm -hmm. people were asking, when did you get started? Is it too late? When, you know, in their journey, which I feel like it's never too late, mm -hmm. um, they're asking, when was your first hybrid and what pushed you to do it? Yeah, you know, it's quite interesting you asked that because my first hybrid patient actually came in the other day with a broken tooth on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a family member of a former team a member. And uh, it was not a great experience. Uh, so if I can remember, let me think The back. whole surgery was not a great experience? The, the other whole day. process. Okay. The whole process of my first yeah. hybrid was not a great experience. Um, I want to say that's probably 2011, 12, 10, 11, yeah. 11, 12, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I was looking to do a case. Uh, my hygienist at the time had a family member that needed a case. Uh, so two things collided. <laughs> we did the case. I worked with my oral surgeon, uh, and it, it was new for both of us. And I think through the process, we figured out very quickly uh, that – it was new for both of us. Uh, and and what, what was interesting was putting the implants in was the easy part. Right. You know, getting them into the bone and all of that was pretty easy. Dealing with everything after that, which basically fell on me as the mm -hmm. restorative dentist, that part was unbelievably complicated. It was complicated the fact that I hadn't done one before. The good news, the patient knew. Team member knew. Clearly the team member knew. Uh, but... I learned so much from that. I mean, so much. And um, it, it, that, particular, that one case is the reason that I searched out and looked for a guided way of doing this. And luckily, there were concepts out there. We were able to work with some laboratories and help refine that con those concepts. But 
if I didn't find those guided ways of doing it, I don't think I would have ever done a case again because it, the result wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. The result took way longer <laughs> than it needed to take. And uh, I'm not even sure that if I had even charged full fee, I'm not sure that I actually would have made any money. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I would have lost money. Uh, so, you know, uh, that also brings up to me kind of the process because mm -hmm. there are a lot of dentists out there. If, let me back up for a second. <clears throat> I think there's, there's a couple of ways I, I, I want people to think about how they attack hybrids. Uh, first is you don't have to do the surgery. Okay, I think, right. the, I think the biggest barrier, looking back at myself, I believe the biggest barrier to getting into doing hybrids is this concept or belief that you have to do the surgery. The surgery is the daunting part. Right. Okay. It is a big mm -hmm. surgery. I mean, there are bigger surgeries yeah. in dentistry, but that is a big surgery uh, to do. And the surgery scared me. At that point in my career, I had been doing onesie, twosie implants. I was getting pretty darn comfortable with all of that, taking out teeth, you know, doing some alveoplasty in you know, certain areas, but I wasn't ready for hybrid surgery. But um, I needed, I knew I wanted to add that to my practice. I knew that from a revenue side, I wanted to do it. I knew that from a selfish growth side, that, that I knew that was the next step for me. Um, so I looked for a partner, uh, in this case, my oral surgeon, to do the surgery part for me. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't allowing not being able to do the surgery to hold me back from adding it to the office. Now, the one tip I would give to everybody that says, hey, I've got a great surgeon I can work with, is I took a conductor of the orchestra mentality to this. And what that means is I didn't just find the patient that was interested and then said, oh, let me refer you over here. I took a general contractor or conductor of the orchestra approach to it, meaning that I talked to them about the fees. I talked to them about how to pay for it. I talked to them about the whole process. I talked to them about everything. And then my surgeon was, quote, unquote, a subcontractor who had his own fees, but we knew what the fees were so we could kind of total it up and package it to the patient. And, and so that way I looked at that. That's what I mean by the conductor of the orchestra. I didn't send it over there and then hope the patient came, came back, back or hope the came, patient came back with what I was expecting. Uh, I took a more, more hands-on, more uh, uh, comp you know, comprehensive approach to it with my surgeon. So and, you worked the surgeon's fees into your yeah, fee yeah, and had so, the patient just pay once and you paid. Not the necessarily the patient pay once. That, that, they paid there. They just knew how much it was yeah, going to be so as I, part you know, of the total be like, fee. You know, it, it was the common issue we had from patients. They say, well, I, pay, I paid him right. or her. Now, why is this fee? So what I try to do, I'd be like, hey, Meredith, just to give you an idea, cases like this are in the $30,000 ballpark. That includes both parts of it, the mm -hmm. surgical component and my component. Yeah. The surgical component is going to be roughly ten dollars to $12,000. My component is going to be roughly $15,000. Okay. Okay. And, and so you'll write a check to the surgeon for that, their part. You'll write a check to me for my part. Okay, or we can look at uh, funding, outside lending if you need that. And that way we can, me and the surgeon will handle that directly. And so we kind of, you know, I kind of gave them an idea of big picture what it was look like. So it was not a great experience, mm -hmm. okay, but it was an important experience for me to have because I wouldn't be where we're at today if I had never jumped into that 
And I for sure wouldn't be where I'm at today if I had not partnered with the right-minded surgeon to help me get to these levels. So then after sending patients to him, did you slowly start to go to these surgeries and start to do these surgeries on your own? Because being able at this point, you're offering patients the full package and you're doing them. So that's giving patients, you know, the ease of not having to run all over the place. So I understand where you started and then how did you get to where you are now? So I think it's I, I, it's a great question. I think uh, certainly you've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very easy question for you to ask, and it's a good question, by the way. Um, but I, I always take a step back. I was very happy with the setup I had. The way it was going. The way it was going. Very, it wasn't broke. It <laughs> wasn't broke. It. You're right. It wasn't broke, okay? Yeah. But it wasn't broke because I had a really good relationship with my surgeon. Right. So if Meredith came in as a patient and... She said, Meredith said to me, I can only afford 25K. I can't afford 30K. Me and the surgeon had an agreement that we split the loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I didn't, I didn't necessarily have to, I had to ask permission at some point. Okay. Yeah. But we had this, we had this working relationship over time right. to where I knew that, you know, we're both in it to win it. Right. Right. And, and so that was that. Then I think the next part of that was I started to get occasionally, a few patients says, why do I have to go all the way over to X, Y, mm-hmm. to Durham in this case? Which is all the way is like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's not that far. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, you really don't want but me But you started here. to get patients from out of town. Yeah, absolutely. We got from patients. From further and further away. So and you out of town to meaning attract. not flying in, but right. like Some? one or two yeah. hours away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so 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 when I started getting these questions from patients, this pushback, right. they all went through. It didn't. It wasn't affecting case acceptance that I was aware of. Yeah. But when I started getting this initial, not initial, when I started getting more pushback as we were kind of getting far away, because part of the push is we tell patients it's a one-stop shop. We right. can take care of you from beginning to end. And the way I built, the way I sold, quote-unquote, sold it to the patients was we're going to go to the surgical center, which was my surgeon's office at the time, mm-hmm. And we're going to do the case there because that kind of your kind of work it requires a bigger surgery. We need to have the equipment they have over there, and it wasn't an issue. And this and, is when you started doing the surgeries. Well, that's that's a little bit before that. Okay. Okay. But I'm just giving you what the patients wanted. Right. Okay. So what happened was I started hearing this feedback from patients. My my sense is how do I reduce the friction? So then I started saying to myself, at some point, I need to be able to do the surgeries here. Here, meaning in my office. office. So I want to come back to that. Okay, Okay, but I want to kind of frame the story was, I was very happy doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. If it had continued like that forever, I probably would be happy. Right. Okay? Maybe happier than I am now, (laughs) you know? But my mind got open to something else because I was listening to patients. So it's no different than when your patients call and say, hey, do you have Friday appointments? And the answer is, at some point, if enough people ask, then you, then you gotta you gotta you gotta succumb to the consumer. So anyway, so what was happening is uh, these were big cases. You know, we were all in, and then what would happen is I wanted to watch the cases. Right. So I would go over to the surgeon's office, and we would do these typically on Thursdays or Fridays. So, you know, we've done a couple of cases on Saturdays, mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, I have a very unique relationship with my surgeon for this. And um, we would go over there and do the cases. And I would ask lots of questions, like, how does this feel? How does this work? You know, why are you doing this? Why are we doing that? And I learned and gathered so much. 
and, and we, we had such a good back and forth. I'm like, what if we tried this? What if we did this? Or what if we did that? And, and we would try it. And some of my ideas, many of my ideas were good ideas. Some of my ideas were not so good ideas. <laughs> and, um, and then we continued to do it. And I watched and I watched. And at about a dozen cases in, I finally uh, said, you know, I think I'd like to try one of these. <laughs> and, uh, and Uday looked at me and says, yeah, no problem. Let, let's do it together. And, and um, I go, but, but I don't think I want to do one start to finish. I want to do each section mm-hmm. one at a time. So to me, the first section is you got to lay, lay the flap, which I think, and still to this day, it's probably the most daunting part of it for me. Right. Okay. And so we got a case once, and then he let me lay the flap. And then after I laid the flap, he says, okay, now let me finish up the flap mm-hmm. because it wasn't big enough. <laughs> let me redo that. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was let a nice it. way of <laughs> let me ex- Really, it was let me extend <laughs> yeah. it so we could actually see what Keep we're going. doing. Yeah. Um, and then we got, found another patient. We, so in the next case, he's like, all right, this time you do the bone reduction. And I did the bone reduction on that one uh, and stuff. So, you know, so we got a little bit better each time. And then I did the bone reduction. And then, you know, then doing the implant part wasn't that complicated. So one of the next patients, I did the implant portion of it. You know, and then the next case that we did, I did the prosthetic component of it. And, and so each, you know, I had basically I had done a case over the course of a year, step by step by step, without really pushing my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But also having... Having a safety net. Support, yeah. It's a safety Knowing net. Knowing that he was there. Yeah, yeah. you know, it just, it, and it made it easy, you know. It made it, it made it more comfortable for me. Right. And then, and then slowly but surely, one day I said, all right, I'm ready to do a case start to finish. He goes, great, i got to go write my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. You're like, wait, 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 wait. I thought you were going to be here. <laughs> no, he was in the building. Right. But, he, you know, he's literally yeah. next door just writing the notes. And slowly but surely, I, we just did it. And we mm-hmm. did it and did it and did it. And it was like, oh, yeah, I've done this part. And then I had to, you know, I had to relax my fingers and my hands after laying that <laughs> flap. It was so tiring yeah. to do it. And then, you know, reducing the bone. And then step by step, we got there, right? And then, and then, then it's amazing how, um, it's amazing how we get to these points. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 um, it's a confluence of events. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then Uday started a surgical center for right. dentists only. So then he's like, hey. We're not doing these cases at my office anymore. We're doing them at the surgical center. Uh-huh. And then, so that, that limited my days. Times. Like, yeah. because I didn't have as much access to his place right. as I needed, right? So then we started going to the surgical center and doing the cases. But he was also out of his office and doing the work. So it, it was really, it became a little bit more problematic. So then one day, just happened chance, we both we were able to do a case side by side. Mm-hmm. So again, again, that was my first case all by myself, completely in a sense. But he happened to be there, uh, so that way, if anything went wrong, we were able to do that. And then slowly but surely, it's just now I'm pretty comfortable uh, doing probably about fifty to sixty percent of the hybrid cases that we see in the office. Uh, I'm comfortable doing about sixty, maybe seventy percent, two thirds to three quarters yeah. of the cases that walk through. I'm pretty comfortable, but, but I still, I still look at it that what is the best for the patient? Mm -hmm. And if that, if I look at a patient and I say, God, if you were my sister or my mom, I would have my surgeon do this. Then that's how we're going to do the case. Or health issues. Without question. The medical insurance, medical issues. Probably what's in. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Half. Yeah. Over the, half of the ones you don't do. Right. Okay. Is, is a compl- it's a complex medical issue where, right. you know, the medical issue is somewhat controlled because of anesthesia, but it's the complications that occur afterwards. Yeah. I, I don't want to necessarily mess with those surgical right. complications. I Egotistically, I think I'm capable. Yeah. But um, it's not worth it. Again, it's it's just about an abundance mentality. Right. Uh, it's about I don't need every single case. Now, certainly, I want to control every case. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of there. And then you know, I didn't really touch on you. Uh, this is really a good question here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't touch on the guided portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, some of the cases we did a couple of cases non-guided in the beginning, and they were okay mm-hmm. to say the best. Yeah. <laughs> But they weren't as predictable as I liked them restoratively. And then I've always leveraged technology. And then uh, the, first, the first system I ran into was the in-sequence system. Uh, a gentleman named Daniel Lopp was uh, developing it in charge of it at the time. And so we latched onto that. And, you know, we've since moved on to two or three different systems. And um, it really made my part easier. I remember in the beginning, uh, my surgeon was always mentioning, man, this takes longer to do the surgery, I go, but yeah, it takes me a third the time to do the restorative. Right. It's worth it. It's worth it to me. And I go, and I I wasn't being a jerk about this. I'm like, but it's worth it enough to me that if we don't do the surgery this way, I'm just not going to do the cases. Right. Not interesting. And I think that was also eye-opening for him uh, to understand. Because they're used to just doing the surgery. They're just used to kind of doing what they want, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think I think also retrospectively, I think him learning the guided, not guided surgery for me, but this guided process uh, through me opened opened up for so many other his clients mm-hmm. of his referral base. Right. Now he's able to offer something that basically he can do everything and send the patient back ready to be restored. Right. And even that part's just a matter of screwing something in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so. It, it's really been a win-win relationship for yeah. us. 
So for those of you who are interested <laughs> in adding this to your practice, we do have an all on X course, which teaches a guided workflow to make these cases more predictable. Um, so back to what we were talking about. I want to mention something about that, okay? Um, there, there are a few things about hybrids that are definitely, I want people to understand. There's the diagnostic portion of it. That's, in other words, understanding which cases you should handle. Do mm -hmm. they have enough bone? What we have to do in terms of setting up the teeth? Because part of this process is you got to know where the teeth are going to be. Right. you got to know how long they're going to be, how, where they're going to be positioned. Because all of that affects where you put the implants, what uh, attachments you and use onto the implants. Yeah. Uh, then there's the surgical portion of it, okay, which to me it's like Lego pieces. You just mm -hmm. stack the things, you do it. You know, there's, there's the... The, the getting over the grossness of it. Uh, and then there's the restorative component of it. And that is taking the patient after they're restored and moving them through an efficient process to get their final restoration. And, and I think what, what we do very well is we merge all three of those disciplines. We merge the diagnostic component, mm -hmm. the guided surgical component, and the semi-guided prosthetic component of it. And I think that's really what's nice. In other words, basically we're teaching what we're doing in the practice. Yeah. It's not like we're making up stuff. This is literally exactly how we're doing it day-to-day. -day, right. How are you leveraging CBCT, in-house planning, using laboratory planning for the final products, how we're taking digital impressions to make things a little bit easier, uh, all of those things hands-on. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned. Yeah. I want to do a little bit of a sales pitch. There. Yeah. Well, there's one last thing kind of in your hybrid journey that mm -hmm. I wanted to mention is um, you you said that moving to the surgical center is mm -hmm. kind of what pushed you to start doing these in your office. And mm -hmm. as the people, as everyone saw uh, on Instagram, mm -hmm. your case the other week was in your office. So um, what gave you that, that next step or what did you bring in yeah. to be able to offer it in your office versus the surgical center? Yeah, so uh, it, it's a great question. I, I think... Um, I always want to back up the questions, right? Mm -hmm. I, want, I want to go through the mindset. And the, to me, the mindset was no compromise as convenient as possible. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's right. the goal, okay? The goal is no compromise as convenient as possible. So no compromise to me meant uh, very well done work, mm -hmm. okay? Very, very comfortable for the patient. Uh, that, that, that Those were the kind of... And, and, as frictionless for the patient as possible, mm -hmm. okay? And what I mean by that is well-done work means how good am I at doing this? Right. Is it appropriate case for me to do, yeah. okay? So for me, there's, you know, very little compromise in that. If it's not right for me, we're going to refer, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, as comfortable for the patient, for me, refers to sedation, mm -hmm. okay? And I will get pushback from this. I will have people disagree, people that are doing a lot more cases than me. Uh, that I believe that all of these cases should be done with general anesthesia, okay? Um, we've done a few cases with IV sedation. They haven't gone as smoothly. They've turned out fine, but they haven't gone as smoothly. But our cases with general anesthesia is just less stressful mm -hmm. for me. And that's what working at my surgeon's office, he had an anesthesiologist on site. Working at the surgical center, they had an anesthesiologist obviously on site. Uh, so that's what I got exposed to, mm -hmm. and that's what I said uh, I needed. And then the frictionless part was patients didn't want to go a lot of places. They, they just right. didn't want to run around, and that's the frictionless part of it. So, so 
the ultimate goal is to do these in office, right? So um, when when appropriate. Mm -hmm. So I think what you're referring to is that we use general anesthesia in the office. Mm -hmm. uh, and general anesthesia is tubing the patient, nasal intubation, so that we have complete control of the airway. Uh, they're using inhalation. They're using propofol. They're using all kinds of meds. Many of the things I'm not overly uh, uh, I'm not overly aware of exactly what mm -hmm. these, how all of these work, ketamine, different things like yeah. that. Uh, so we were at at the surgeon's office at the surgical center, and um, I th I still think there's advantages to go to the surgical center. Quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a hospital type setting. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back yeah. to it because I do want to talk about that because if I were giving complete choice, I would do all these cases at the surgical center. Right. Um, but then having it in, in house required finding an anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are dental anesthesiologists. Uh, we work with Dr. Braxton Henderson uh, here in North Carolina. He does a phenomenal job. Uh, we've done probably five or six cases now with mm -hmm. him that have turned out great. Um, uh, and so, so we're doing that, and, and I think that's super important to do. And, and so, again, no compromise, uh, comfortable for the patient, and a frictionless experience yeah. for the patient. Yeah. Well, you talked about seeing your first cases and going to your surgeon's office and just how overwhelming it was and how much you had to learn. So imagine from the team's perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think people forget this type of procedure requires more work than just the assistance it really starts at the front yeah. from answering the phones to treatment planning to the labs scheduling all of those appointments um and then the surgery yeah. um the surgery is the easiest I, part I know, of it i wanted to say that but yeah. I, I didn't want to say it um the surgery but the, the, surgery the day is, of surgery yeah. is like <sighs> we've made it right yeah. because there's so much prep work that goes into yeah. these cases that requires multiple people within the team. So how did you get them trained on how to talk about these cases, how to set these up, and how to do the surgeries? You know, I don't know how to answer that because I, I wouldn't say that I go about setting myself up to train people. I just think that I drag people <laughs> to a certain degree. I mean, is that fair to say that I drag uh, people along sometimes and some people fall off? Uh, well, yeah, some people yeah. wobble. Right, but, but, but I think... Um, but I think, but if people come to you, I think you do train them well. Yeah, no, but no. they have to put in the initiative, maybe. Um, when you went to a course, did you take an assistant? Um, I know that's an option. Yeah, so I, for the I, surgical part, yeah, I, I always believe that the first. Okay, so I, I let bringing me, in your rep. Yeah, so let, let me back up for a second here. Okay, so um, somebody listening, you listening says, "Hey, yeah, you know what? I want to do these cases." Right. Okay. So the, the first and easiest step is you got to get some education, the capability mm -hmm. to do right. these, okay? I would love to think that 3D dentist is a great choice for this education, but there are many choices for this type of education, okay? you got to get some education, okay? you got to understand the systems, the parts and pieces, all of that stuff. But I want to push that to the side for a second because mm -hmm. I think it's the easiest thing to do because this system, we, we're making it easy for you because right. we've got courses that set you up for this, okay? Yeah. I think the first step before that is are you capable of selling these cases? Right. Okay. I think to me, that is the number one question you got to ask yourself mm -hmm. is, are you and is your practice capable of selling these cases? Do you have the patients? Yeah. Are they walking in and out of your practice? Do you need, do you have the capabilities for other dentists in your area to send them to you? Or do you need to do marketing to get these patients? And then part of that's also going to be, how is your team talking to people? Yeah, is your team comfortable saying $30,000 yeah. or more? 
Yeah. Right. Or twenty thousand, whatever the number may be. Mm-hmm. You know, is your team comfortable with that part of it? Okay. And and, th- and that's an important part of it. And and for me, what was eye opening in two thousand nineteen was I was spending a lot of money on external marketing through digital ad spend on Google, and <clears throat> our team was effing it up on the phone uh, through no fault of their own. To be quite honest with you, is my fault for not tr- for having certain people there and then having not trained them. Um, we were answering the phone poorly. Uh, so so there's a lot part there's a lot that goes into that mm-hmm. part of it, okay? And I call that the the case acceptance, the selling part yeah. of it. Uh, so so to kind of get into your question, the the role of your front office, okay, is to intake the calls, mm-hmm. to understand the process, what's going on, right. so that when they call, uh, they don't say, oh, we don't do all on fours, we do all on Xs. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's not really a difference there, right. right? The patient doesn't know the difference. Yeah, but they may respond to the marketing right. and say, oh, I want an all on four, or, hey, I want Teeth Express. No problem. Right. We'll figure it out when you come in for your consult. Yeah. We'll let you tell them yeah. how many of the implants are going to be. Right, so, so you know, those, those <laughs> kind of questions. Right. And your front office team needs to know the cost of things mm-hmm. so that when people ask the questions, you can kind of... A ballpark. A ballpark number, right? right? They got to know the process. You know, this is right because they'll call and say, "Hey, I want that teeth in a day," yeah. and right. you don't want them to say, "Well, in our office, it's six months." Right. <laughs> you know, you, you, these are the things your front office needs to understand, right. they, and they got to also understand how to sell your number one product, as we've talked about in the past. Your number one product is people, mm-hmm. and in this particular case, the number one product is the dentist. Right. They got to understand how to position the dentist as an expert to make the patient want to stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all-annex fixed hybrids, Mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www3 3D-Dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Yeah, and ask questions. Yeah. That's probably you know, where you learn the most. Absolutely. So I think there's, there's, there's got to be some homework done there. Now, in our office, we have treatment coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Megan and Crystal. Uh, and so we need, their job is to get the patient across the finish line. Right. Okay. So once the front office team hands the patient off to our, 
our, our quote-unquote sales team. I know people hate the word, but that's ultimately what they do. They mm -hmm. help get people across the finish line. Yeah. The, so we bring the leads in through the front office. The front office transfers them to the, the sales team, the treatment coordinators. And our treatment coordinator's job is to uh, contact the patient before they come in to make sure they're scheduled properly and you know, kind of get prepared for them to do the initial consultation, answer the most common questions. Uh, my treatment coordinator, Megan, in this particular case, is very adept at understanding how much bone we need, you know, all of these things, a little bit right. talking about bone reduction. She's uh, also a hygienist. Yeah. For people who don't know. So, so she's not <laughs> front office, just looking at the bone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so she's comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, my argument back on that, Meredith, is you can it, teach uh, that. Hygiene He's, skills didn't yeah. teach her that. Uh, right. That no, no, was. No. That was, I just mean she has some clinical Right. Experience. So that was just going through the process, right, right? Mm -hmm. multiple times. And then, and then so her job is to then bring me in. I kind of do whatever little bit I do, which is basically try not to screw it up. Yeah. Okay, answer any questions. Say, yeah, maybe I don't want to touch this case. Or, hey, yeah. this is a great case. I kind of give Megan a red light, yellow light, green light case. And that means, like, a green light case means, like, this is a case I can do. This is a case I can be flexible on financially. Right. A yellow light case is, hey, this is a case I can do, but this is a case we have very little fle financial flexibility. A red light case means it's a case I don't want to do, and this is a case where I need to get more than my normal fee because of uh, the complications of the patient expectations and uh -huh. the overall complications of the, the, the work, scope of work. Right. So we get her through that, and then Megan's job is to work the patient through the finish line. Mm -hmm. Okay, And sometimes... Uh, like the case we did recently, that patient said yes the next day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those patients, on average, six, six months, months to a year, yeah. six months they to a year, back. is is because it's a it's a big it's a big commitment for mm -hmm. them. So so her job is to stay in touch, yeah, to quote unquote, unquote work, <laughs> work the patient, uh, and by that means we're not trying to convince them. No. Right? We just we're, we're we're the patient advocates. Yeah, we're here for you whenever you're ready. Yeah, we mm -hmm. haven't forgotten about yeah. you. You know, because a lot of times patients feel if they don't say yes right away, they feel a little bit of embarrassment to call back and right. ask. Yeah. So we, we prefer to kind of contact them. And then Megan, uh, and I think this part is unique to how I've set it up, and I think it's also unique to Megan's personality. Uh, Megan will be there day of surgery. She will take care of the pre-op. She will take care of the post-ops. She will be the liaison of patients calling me. So in yeah. other words, patients call her. Right. She kind of processes it and then calls me if I'm needed to take care of these yeah. things. And then Megan's job, is the finish line for Megan is kind of getting them through the day of surgery. Mm -hmm. And then what happens after they get through the day of surgery is they're now in the assistant team. Mm -hmm. And now my assistant is managing that patient in the sense of the lab work, the three or four appointments it takes to get to final and all of those things. Yeah. And then, then in our particular case, since Megan is the hygienist, they circle back around to <laughs> Megan for, yeah. our, uh, for our recall uh, for the recall program for right. them. So, you know, it, it's kind of unique, I guess, uh, in our situation, but um, that's kind of the process. And along the way, uh, the, the, I would argue the area that I've given the least attention to is the front office. Mm -hmm. I need to spend more time training them and doing them, and I think it'll help us do more cases. I, I've done a, I think I, we've done a great job with the rapport we have with Megan and as we're developing it with Crystal mm -hmm. to... Uh, to build that, and I think the assistant part has just, it, it kind of happens. I've, I don't think I've ever sat down and said, here's what a hybrid does and all of this. I think it's just doing it, watching it. Uh, I, I'm, so I'll back up. I, I will give myself some credit. 
I did make the assistants go with me to the surgical center when, uh, when our surgeon was doing the mm -hmm. cases. I would have them go with me so they could watch. And I would say, hey, do you think we can do this? Yeah. Or, or I wouldn't say it that way. I would say, hey, we're going to start doing this. Yeah. Because if we do you think we can do it, I would hate for them to say no. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, so I guess in a, to a certain sense, I have trained people. But I've never really, like, done it in a formal sense. We've just kind of done it step by step. And that's what I refer to as a success path. And yeah. so many of the things I talk about, you got to train people step by step. Yeah. Did I answer that question? Yeah. Okay. I think that was really good. I mean, and I also want to add, um, you're bringing in your rep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cases. Yeah. So that's an additional person in the room that can, I mean, this case is not just you and the assistant in the room. So yeah. the other week you had the anesthesiologist, you, two assistants, a main assistant, a backup assistant right. to hand off to her, and then also a rep, which... Yep could act in turn as like a third assistant yeah. um, to grab you anything. They're familiar with all the parts and pieces. Yeah. They were there to help train the second assistant. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty important yeah. if you're able to. And that's kind of the value of a rep. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we, you know, I, we've been very fortunate. Uh, we have a lot of loyalty to Bio Horizons. They've been very good to us mm -hmm. at 3D Dentist. Yeah. They've been uh, very good for us in the practice. I pay for everything as much as I would like not to. <laughs> But <laughs> I do pay for everything. Um, but the rep's value there is efficiency for yeah. me. It's just one more knowledgeable hand yeah. to get things done. Because at this point, let, let's be frank here. At this point for me, the rep's not helping me necessarily learn how to do the procedure. She's, yeah. she's now there supporting my team. Right. Getting my team ready, understanding. And, and, and to, to Aubrey's credit yesterday, she's like, hey, we have a new product. That is specifically designed. To, I don't Could know if you saw those comfort caps yeah. that they developed. And I was like, okay. She's like, great. I'll make sure I order these for you so that you can have them for the, the next, next class. Yeah. Or, hey, I noticed that you're using this. Let's move you to this product. I found from other surgeries that I've been a part of yeah. that this particular mallet or handle, right. whatever it is, it works out a little bit better. What other people yeah. so think so, about it. They're seeing other surgeries yeah. too. So. So I think um, take that feedback. I absolutely. think a lot of people take would advantage be, of it. And, yeah. and and if your rep's unwilling to come to your surgeries, bump them, move on, find another rep mm -hmm. or another company. Yeah. Even I, and I say that dead seriously uh, because you're paying a premium, right? Uh, so you deserve premium service. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're ordering an implant every once in a while, you don't deserve as much service as someone like me that's ordering implants pretty regularly. Uh, or and I don't deserve the service that my surgeons get because they're ordering implants way more often than me. Right. So I, you know, that's part of capitalism, part of business. Yeah. Uh, but um, we and, and Megan schedules with the rep as soon as the patient says yes. Mm -hmm. uh, we you know we in our case we have to coordinate either the surgical center or the anesthesiologist. So we know the date you know a couple of months in advance, a month right. in advance. The rep is known right away. Uh, as long as the rep almost ninety percent of the time Aubrey's able to adjust her schedule. To make it happen, she pops in for three hours, and, and it's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, talking about um, the rep and BioHorizons and some mm -hmm. of the things you're using, um, what type of technology um, and guides and processes of this have become a game changer for you yeah. as you've grown? You know, I, I, I'm always going to come back to the number one technology is always cameras. Mm -hmm. Okay? Cameras help sell the case. Okay? It helps people see uh, what we've done new and unique now. I, I don't want to say unique. What we've done, what's new for us in the last year or two mm -hmm. in regular is that we're doing facial imaging on our patients. And by that, I mean simulations. Right. We're taking a nice uh, face and we're doing a DSD simulation. Or we're, we're, in our case, we're partnering with a lab to do it for us. Mm -hmm. 
um, and that way it's one more part of the selling. Right. And so the photography is the number one technology. Yeah. Okay. Then the second part of the technology is going to be you got to have CBCT uh, mm -hmm. to do these cases. Uh, ideally, you want to have digital impressions. All the stone models work because the laboratory can convert them. Mm -hmm. But I think you need cone beam, and I think you need digital impressions right. uh, to be able to, to really step up the technology game. And then there's a plethora of guided systems out there. Now, certainly, yeah. I have my preference on these, uh, but uh, I've used four systems, and they've all been very good. Right. Uh, so I, there's, there's no... Um, I don't necessarily want to say that one is better than the other. Yeah. They each have their pluses and minuses. Okay. Right. Um, and then when it comes to ancillary things, uh, the ISQ is nice to make sure we can load it, to have that confidence mm -hmm. that we can load it. Uh, the BioHorizons, I think the Tapered Pro allowed me to switch to them for my full arch cases uh, because I didn't feel that the tapered, in, tapered internal implant was aggressive enough right. to get the stability I needed. Uh, so that allowed that that particular move on their part allowed me to step into these uh, types of cases with them, um, you know. And then having the right tools at the right, you know, for the right job at the right time, uh, you know, the development of our 3D dentist surgical kit from TBS, uh, that's been great. Uh, developing, I don't know if you noticed this yet, Mer Meredith, yesterday uh, or the other day is. Um, I got one burr block now right. that, that takes care of the bone reduction, the tears. You know, all the little things like Meisinger work, you know, so nice to work with me. Yeah, I guess they're using me to a certain yeah. degree too, right? But, <laughs> but um, we've made a 3D kit yeah, that kind of so has everything that 90% of what you needed. Yeah. So, um, it, and, and it was there. And then, you know, we didn't use it yesterday, but we have the Acteon Piezo. If right. we had to do a sinus lift or if we had gentle bone reduction, then <laughs> yesterday wasn't so gentle. Yeah. But, uh, and then, you know, the right motor. You know, even having motors that have the appropriate amount of torques, having the right biologics yeah. to be able to do all that. You know, I think there's so many parts, parts and pieces, and, pieces. And, yeah. and, and things that go into it. Sometimes I forget um, because I forget because I'm not just jumping into that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I traveled a road right. to get, get here. There. And 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 I believe that's the best way to do it. I, I don't think that all our next cases should be done by people that are new to implant dentistry. It's just right. my personal opinion. Yeah. Are they capable of putting the implants in? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it's all the stuff beforehand, all the stuff afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but we have to start somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So I started somewhere. I made my mistakes. I don't regret it at all. I'm so happy that my first case was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy. <laughs> and that you kept going because you could have... Yeah. Like, ah, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I think that that's one of my gifts in life is that I, I'm just stubborn and keep pushing it. Although I have right. given up on infant phrenectomies and TMD. I'm not interested in those two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked infant I know you did, but I didn't. So, I know. <laughs> so I was out. <clears throat> okay. So we talked about um, how your journey went, how you trained your team, um, what technology makes this better and I think overall we've realized you know and I think sometimes you forget because this part goes so smoothly in your office is the organization mm -hmm. um, like you said the pre-work the post-work all the parts and pieces I mean literally organization of parts and pieces and and then organization of the patient the labs and all the people um, what do you think could have gone better well, I think my ring light could have worked all day yesterday during oh. surgery. That would have been oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was the recorder, okay? I just want you guys to know. Uh, I had to throw that in there. Um, 
I did ask you if you're comfortable watching the surgery, you know. But, I know. I work. I, yeah. yeah, I've seen them. I, I've worked. Well, I, just, I just, I've never uh, assisted, but right. I've seen them. But, um, you know. You so never called in the C-Squad for <laughs> the, <laughs> No, the I surgeries. didn't. <laughs> Clearly, we, 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 we were beyond tissue punches, so <laughs> I definitely didn't need to get to the D-Squad either on this one. <laughs> so. Oh, so, Michelle, you're the D-Squad. I think I at least made the C-Squad. <laughs> um, no. You, yeah, you asked me if I was okay with the blood and the surgery, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then today, then you know, later I told you the worst part was the watching nasal. them set it up for the sedation. Like I can do the teeth and the surgery all day. The eyeballs and the nose, I do not yeah, like. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think what could have been better. Um, yesterday's case, I think we could have been. I I felt it took a little too long. Okay, mm -hmm. but and I don't want people to think you have to rush, but you do have people under sedation, yeah. so you don't want to keep them. Yeah. Under for no, you know, we also were walking through things a little bit. So here's what so. I could say could be better. We could have been at the surgical center yesterday, mm -hmm. and here's why: I saw people walk by, and I saw Whitney or somebody shake their head at them because I knew people wanted to come in and ask me questions. Mm -hmm. And and I'm very grateful for, to you, Whitney, whoever else in the room, for not allowing that to happen. But to me, there's a couple of things I like. To, why I like to go to the surgical center. One, I transfer liability. Well, I transfer liability completely to them. That that is correct. Yeah. Because ultimately, even with the anesthesiologist, I there's some liability on my yeah. end. Okay. So when I can go to the surgical center, I transfer that out to the to the surgical center. Yeah. Which which to me is which to me is is huge. But I'm not available. Right. right. I literally like yesterday. I ended up yeah. seeing four patients afterwards. I know. Right, I mean, yeah. and, and look, I'm not saying, oh my God, I can't do more than that. But it was, there was a part of it where I was like, oh good, I guess I could see a few patients. Uh, not that I would want to schedule yeah. them, but I think if I had gone to the surgical center, I would have never come back to the office. Right, that's your, like we said, this starts as event dentistry, and when you're out of the office, it's still kind of event yeah. dentistry, and then you're done for the day. Yeah, like literally, the, our, our 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 protocol schedule, has been yeah. has been go go there, do the work, we eat lunch at Outback. <laughs> God, you can't go anywhere better than Outback. Well, is this a know, tradition? It's a tradition now. Uh, so uh, during COVID, you know, not every no, place was, was open. open yeah. So Outback was open. So we go to we go to we've done it three times actually. Uh, we we went to Outback for lunch, and then we all dispersed mm -hmm. and went went about our right. lives, and, and and it made it in a way a day that we all look forward to. Mm -hmm. Okay, because it was. It was an easier. You know, I know dentistry wise, it's not necessarily easier, but it yeah. was a it was a mentally less chaotic. You know, what you're was not it? running around chasing each other. You have one patient. <laughs> well, you day. know what else could have been better yesterday? The dichotomy of what I did on on a couple of patients yesterday. In the morning, I took out 16 teeth, reduced four mm -hmm. millimeters of bone, sunk six sunk in six implants, put a conversion prosthetic on somebody. And you took out the lower teeth. And I took out a few lower teeth. Yeah. Not all of them, just a few. Um, I took out a few lower teeth. And then, like, two hours later, I'm prepping a veneer <laughs> a patient, which is the absolute opposite yeah. in terms of fineness and motor skills. Right. And it really it really helped me You're see. Like, chisel? Should, should I chisel <laughs> this veneer <laughs> off? Should I get my Peter K. Thomas <laughs> instruments out? Close your eyes. This might hurt. You know, and um, I just... That it helped me realize more and more why, as general dentists, we need to have days of certain types of dentistry. I think I mm -hmm. mentioned it on a previous yeah. podcast where you have to have surgery days, non-surgery days. Yeah. And there's a reason because yesterday 
I wasn't bothered until uh, I think 11.30, I was finally done, like yeah. the patient was dismissed or whatever. And then after that, I started getting bothered, and it was, well, we got Can a... Can see patient at one? Well, we got a veneer that broke off, a crown that broke off, on, uh, uh, sorry, a veneer that broke off number nine. Can you see the patient? Because if you don't do it today, you can't see them for a month and a half, and nobody wants to walk around without a tooth. And I said, okay. And then it was like, well, we got a and consult And then she was 30 in. minutes late. And then we got a <laughs> consult coming in, and then I went and did a hygiene check, and then... Then I did something else, and I was like, "God!" All, and imagine doing that—the the, men, the, the mental stress—and I, I don't think I don't think you guys or the team members understand the mental stress of changing your mind yeah. from "I'm ripping people's teeth out" to "Hey, how you doing on hygiene check today?" Yeah, you know, I think I think the ment—you know—what it takes to switch modes and to do that multiple times per hour is just so exhausting, mm -hmm. and. And I think there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And uh, so, so I, I look, I look forward to these surgery days. I think, um, yeah. I don't know. Are there yeah. any other questions? Well, on this? the way you said um, blocking out days for surgery, I think that takes block scheduling one right. step further when you're literally blocking days for certain types of yeah. cases instead of just blocks and a couple hours here and there. You're actually starting to block yeah. days. And I think it, that's a big deal. Yeah, and in this particular case, especially with the anesthesiologist, I mean, he's booked out farther than I'm booked out. Right. So and he charges by the hour, so you right. have to be. <laughs> you know, I have to be on yeah. it, right? <laughs> Got to so figure that out. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out if he charges by the minute. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. so sometimes I'm sitting there talking to him, and it goes through my head like, "Is he charging me?" <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a phenomenal procedure. Mm -hmm. It is probably the most life-changing procedure we do in our practice. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most life-changing procedures we do in dentistry. Mm -hmm. And we are taking people that are debilitated, either with no teeth or essentially, effectively no teeth. Right. Um, and we're giving them an opportunity to step back into social society. Yeah. And to be confident, to be able to function and chew, and to really help move their life forward. And uh, I, that's not lost on me. And so I encourage every surgically oriented dentist to get into doing these yourself, pick and choose. Yeah. I encourage every big case oriented dentist, if you're doing full mouth rehabs and you're doing cosmetic cases, you've got the skills to restore, sell and restore these cases. And now it's just a matter of learning how, the pro learning how right. our <laughs> guided process works and then plugging in the surgeon that can do the surgery part. Yeah. And, and, uh, I encourage people to do that because it, it is, it's life-changing work. It's, I, I felt, I felt like a hero yesterday a yeah. little bit, you know, that they went without a hitch and yeah. that we were able to do it. And, and she was under 30. Yeah. So she has a long life to live. Yeah. With, and unfortunately, uh, probably she's she. going to have to have this redone at some point yeah. in her life. So, um, and that's where Zygons, <laughs> which I'm not going to do, but I said I wasn't going to do these surgeries either. So. Right. And look where we are. But so. I think I'm going to draw the line at, I'm going to let other people do the zygomas. Okay. So anything else, Meredith? Yeah. If you, our last thing, um, if you had one piece of advice for people who are wanting to get into this that you wish you knew when you were just getting into this, yeah. what would it be? I wish somebody, um, I wish, I wish I could have seen something from beginning to end. Like I wish, you know, because I have that personality that'll fight through the pain mm -hmm. and the learning curves and stuff. And a lot of people don't. Yeah. And uh, I, I think um, I wish somebody had shown me the way, it, the, the possibilities of what technology does for a procedure like this. Mm -hmm. And because I would have jumped on it quicker. 
and I would have jumped into it deeper right, than I have. And I, I think that's uh, a lot of it is what what our our course does, yeah. what uh, what YouTube has done. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no there's no shortage of place to see what's possible. The labs will come in because they have a vested in. They'll show you what's possible. Right. But uh, but there 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 are there are benefits to courses run by practicing dentists mm-hmm. or you know people professional course providers who are Do, doing this type of surgery. Yeah, because there's nuances. There's nuances yeah. on the the man, you know the lab sees their side. Right. The reps see their side. You know, as dentists, you know the surgeons see their side. Yeah. Now as you know, as the general dentist, I'm all those things. I am, yeah. I am the patient manager. I am the lab manager. I am the rep manager. I am the surgical side manager. I am the restorative side manager. I'm all of those things. And I think, uh, you know, you can learn its and bits everywhere. Uh, but, you know, being able to put it all together yeah. uh, would have been really nice for me. And I think... Um, that's it. And the other piece of advice, I'm sorry, I, I should probably said this first, is uh, train your front office team on how to handle the phone for these cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs too much to acquire these patients. Uh, they're so they're not far and few between, but they're fewer, far and few between mm-hmm. uh, that you really need to um, work with these patients. And I think the bottleneck in our practice is the front office team getting more comfortable answering these questions and working with them uh, to make that happen. Yeah, and appreciate the front office team when they do convert a patient. They get the least love in the office. They do. And I remember Megan used to say to me, you know, they would mention they talked to you on the phone before they came in. They were impressed. That's either where you win the patient over or you lose them from the beginning. So, well, hopefully everyone got a lot out of that and is looking, by the time they listen to the next episode, we'll be looking to implement this into their practice. Yeah, I hope so. Listen, uh, don't look back. Worst case scenario, you spend a little bit of money, you see a procedure you don't like, and you just, at least you know in your mind you don't like to do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. Leave the reviews. If you could do me a favor, uh, if you search 3D Dentist on Google, uh, we're trying to bump up our Google reviews uh, so that we can rank better on SEO. Uh, the podcast reviews are great, but uh, 3D Dentist reviews on Google would be even better. Thank you, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, Let's get to this week's episode.